Blog Talk Radio.
All right, praise God. Oh, boy. Looks like um, now I'm going to have to depend upon Mary Lee to let me know if I'm even on the air. Once again, we get attacked. (laughs) Telling you what, this program is not making the devil happy. (laughs) There is no way. Now, again, I have no idea if I'm live on the air or not. I'm just operating out of faith, um, and I'm operating also under a kludged setup. Um, I had to come in kind of through a – I hate to use the term back door, but I had to come in through a back door uh, in order to even get on the program at all. Praise God. And Mary Lee says I am on the air, so I'm going to go ahead and run with that. Uh, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And Father. Father God, we just praise your holy name. We thank you, Father God, when we make a dent in the day of the devil. We thank you, Father God, when we are saying the things that are so pleasing, that are so directly in alignment with the will of you, Father God, that, 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 that it, and in directing people to understanding the glory and the power and the authority that was given to us by our Lord Jesus Christ to not be afraid of the things that are happening around us, to prepare ourselves for the outpouring of the new wine into the new wineskin for the days that we have ahead. Father, we thank you, Father. Lord, there is no, there are not enough words. There will never be enough words to thank you enough for all of the time that you have given us, even in the midst of this pandemic, even in the midst of all the lies, even in the midst of all the Orwellian 1984 weirdness that's going on, even in the midst of all of the people getting, uh, you know, just bees in their bonnets and just all kinds of upset about all sorts of things that aren't going to happen just like they have been for the last 10 years. 
We thank you, Father God, and we just know that something is going to break, but we don't know what it is. We don't know how long you're going to delay it, if you are going to delay it. And we praise you for every opportunity that we have, Father God, to come before your throne, to draw in closer. As you know, Lord, I prayed this morning for every single person on my very close prayer list and so many people that aren't directly on it, uh, that they would draw in closer, that your angels would be in their presence, that your spirits, got Lord God, First Kings 22:19, would be sent down on their behalf, that there would be a holy fire around about their household, angels protecting them, angels protecting their job in the days that we have ahead because we have so much work to do. We pray in the name of Jesus, Father God, that people stop being distracted about all the things that would cause fear, that would be able to see past these things and be able to understand, Father, that our authority as a royal priesthood, First Peter 2, 9, is what matters. That authority that was given to us through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Father, for helping us to understand these things and to live in a no-fear situation, to understand that you have us completely covered in the shadow of your wings, Father God, and under your under the control and of your righteous right hand, Father, at all times, lifting us up, steadying our course. Lord Jesus, we praise you for being forever our mediator. Uh, I suppose uh, maybe not forever, but at least at, during the times that we're here on this earth. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for every whisper that you give to the Father on our behalf. We pray in Jesus' name. And now to him who is able to get, keep us from stumbling, the Lord Jesus, and present us faultless someday before the presence of your glory, Father God, with exceeding joy. And to you, Father, alone, who is wise, our Father God, Abba Father, dear Abba Father, we praise you for loving us as much as you do, for being a patient Father, an incredibly patient Father, because we have so much growing up to do and so much ugly to endure. And we just thank you, Father, for every opportunity. We pray against this COVID-19 attack, this satanic assault upon mankind. We thank you, Father God, because we know that this is an opportunity to bring more and more people to you. And we know that not everybody is ready to receive you. But we know that you are setting the course, you are setting the place, the pace across the world on a global level. We don't know if there's going to be any kind of peace and safety at all, if there's going to be any kind of a respite that comes down from the throne room, but we just give you all the praise and honor, Father God, and we ask you for every moment, every moment that we have that is between our jobs, between our commutes, back and forth to work, whatever time that you have given us to spend more time in prayer, to draw in closer, to be able to hear your still small voice, to be in total obedience and utter surrender. We thank you, Father, for every trial, tribulation, and difficulty, and challenge, and especially for every nudge, every time that we see your holy hand in our lives, those impossible coincidences, those times when you show us stuff in the Scripture that is impossible. We give you all the glory and praise, and thank you, Father, for this opportunity once again, another day and another radio show, even though, even though, as you know, Lord, at the very split second the music started to play, the power went down in the J by J Golden JIB Studios. It doesn't get any better than that. Father, we give you praise for these attacks that slip through the cracks of the uh, of the defenses of the angels of the defenses that we pray for. Father God, we praise you for those attacks because it helps us to stay on our toes, to understand the gravity of the challenge and the wars and the battles that we have ahead of us, and to understand that they are very real. And that the, these, that the timing of these things are not coincidental at all. Thank you, Father, for helping us to recognize always your still small voice. Steady our course on the narrow path, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I guess uh, I'm just going to ask your forgiveness for not putting up the show notes. And I know that not that not that many people are um, like, oh, I got to have the show notes. I got to have the show notes. Uh, pretty much the only thing that, well, having at least one copy of the show notes is actually kind of pretty cool uh, because there's a whole lot of stuff that I dumped in there uh, that uh, will be a humongous blessing to you. Lots of prophecies, some of the better ones, but not, not all of them by any stretch, not even uh, 1.001% of them. Uh, but, uh, but clearly um, uh, uh, there's a lot of really cool stories, really cool Bible verses, really, really super cool things that are in the, in the, in the uh, show notes that people are very blessed by. Praise God. And, um, uh, you know, and and um, you can believe, you know, we're probably I don't you know, I'm not saying that there aren't other ministries out there that don't preach some of these things. But I'm telling you that we're, we're getting rarer and rarer. It is getting harder and harder. And that's fine. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Lord, Lord will always help. There have been times when Sister Nancy and I have been beside ourselves and we were like, what are we going to do? Where, where are we going to get more guests? Where are we going to, you know, we would bring on uh, guests from all the olden days and stuff and people that have been on the program before and all that kind of stuff. And, and a lot of them are no longer with us. Some of them have passed away. Uh, some, uh, we don't, some of them just disappeared from the internet or they're gone. Maybe they went to the Ozarks or something, joined John Moore to, you know, hide from planet X. Who knows? We don't know. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, when you're out there preaching against guns, when you're out there preaching against, um, guns, even in self-defense, when you're preaching, when you're telling people that they need to behave exactly like Jesus and not be amending the Bible to their own personal fleshy fears, to understand that we are citizens of heaven, to not be worried about the things that are happening around the world, to be, uh, anti-fear really at, at the end of the day to be anti-fear is to be Christ-like. Uh, and, um, you know, and, and, and folks, it's just not, it's, you know, to tell people, to help people to understand, to do the prayer vigil, to help people understand the, the authority, the actual authority of Jesus Christ. The, you know, you, you just don't learn these things in church. You don't. Yeah, even if you're going to a really, really good church, because you know what? I've been there. I have been there. I promise you I have. I have been in some of the best probably in the world ever that ever existed. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, that just it was just amazing to see those things in action. But even in those in those rare times in my life when I was so blessed to be a part of that kind of an ecclesia, um, there was a lot of things when I look back upon it that were not taught. Uh, they, they, You know, there are just tons of them. I, I could go on and on and on, but, you know, I don't want to focus on the negative. I want to 
focused on the positive. The positive is we have come to a time in our all of our walks right now where if we aren't making that attitude adjustment, you know, it says the, the, the attitude adjustment scripture is the renewing of our minds. Okay, if we're not making that attitude adjustment right now, if we're not understanding that we who we are in Christ, if we don't understand that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, if we don't get these things, if we don't believe that when uh, Luke 10 verse 19 says, behold, I give you power, uh, you know, or I give you authority, um, uh, uh, you know, over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by, by any means hurt you. And, you know, trample on serpents, scorpions, and all that. I'm paraphrasing because I'm doing it from memory. But the point is, over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. You know what the Lord showed me today? He does this stuff for me, and I go, I kind of flip out. I, 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 like, I'm like, no way. And it, it's like, you know, and I'm like, uh, but, and, and I, but anyway, I'm going to cut to the chase because I want to make sure that we, uh, you know, use our time wisely because uh, we got a little bit of a, a hiccupy start, you know, a little bit of a, the motor was sputtering a little bit as I was fighting against the devil and trying to get all the systems back up here, uh, which is no small task. But anyway, praise Jesus. So, um, uh, and let me go ahead and see if I can get to where I need to be in the show notes to continue forward. Okay, praise God. Now, what I want to do is I want to share something really cool with you that the Lord shared with me, okay? And it's in alignment. The more in alignment it appears to me – now, granted, I know i got a long way to go, okay? If I was – you know, at the very best, I'm hanging onto the bus bumper, the Jesus bus bumper, trying to get – there. I want to go home. I want to go home. Now, I, you know, uh, and the last thing I'm going to do is assume I want to be the tax collector in the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee. I want to be renting my robe and always knowing that I am unworthy and that it is the blood of Jesus and only his, gra- his grace and his love that gives me even a shot. Okay, and I would really, really like to be part of the ruling class of heaven. Uh, many are called, few are chosen. I want to be one of the chosen ones, but I have no idea if I will be. And a lot of people will email me, oh, of course you will be. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. And so anyway, so um, you know, last will be first, first will be last, and any assumption really is a presumptuous sin. Uh, and I don't want that. You know, it says in Psalm, I think it's thirty-seven, twenty-one, something like that. It says uh, something along the line of, uh, you know, God, uh, God, God saves such as have a contrite spirit. I want to have a contrite spirit. Expect nothing. Pray for everything. Hope for everything. But also know when we're dealing with the forces of darkness, when we're dealing with the threats of the satanic attack upon mankind. Which is what it is, okay? Then when when we're dealing with these things, we have no fear. We got to be like Smith Wigglesworth. When Smith, you know, if you you know, I know a lot of you don't have time, and that's okay. You're listening to the radio show, and I'll share with you what I can when I can. Uh, and um, uh, Smith Wigglesworth was visited by Satan directly. Satan appeared in his room. I guess he was in a hotel room or something because he traveled a lot at the time. And um, uh, anyway, uh, uh, he he was awakened by some stirring in his room. And he woke up, and I guess I assume he probably was rubbing his eyes. It was dark in the room, and he looked at the end of his bed, and there stood Satan, staring right at him. And Smith Wigglesworth looked at him and goes, oh, it's only you. Pulls the covers up over his head, rolls over, and goes back to sleep. Doesn't even have a second hiccup. How many of us would do that? How many of us would do that? Or how many of us would, you know, put on an extra pair of Depends and start screaming bloody murder, calling 911, and you know what I mean? So we have got to get to the place where Smith was 
where nothing would faze them. We got to get to the place where we truly understand our authority and that we know that God is on our side, that we that, that, that it becomes a second nature to us. That there is no way that, that when that nuclear fallout cloud goes over the top of our houses, that we know that we're not going to be affected by it. Um, you know, I, and by the way, I'm not saying not to take some precautions. You know, if they, it, you know, I do. I believe that it's a combination of fleshy, or not. I don't like the term fleshy in this case, but we'll say earthly preparations to some extent, but also being overwhelmed by the knowledge that our heavenly Father has promised us in our Word in his word, which is our word, that we are going to be protected. And I, and then, yeah, yeah, I mean, my goodness gracious, Psalms 91. I mean, that is like the quintessential chapter for the days that we are heading into right now. But there are, there are a lot of them. There are a lot of them. There's just not one that has it that's as action-packed with everything kind of jammed into one place as Psalms 91. Praise God. Um, but but getting the whole Bible, the whole word, you know, the, the 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 putting it all together, having it all come upon you, being able to see the connections, uh, uh, you know, all the stuff, man, all the, it's just amazing. And when you when you when and, and we're all going through this period. That's why I'm pretty sure that um, uh, that all these uh, things that I see out on YouTube and Facebook and that come into my Facebook Messenger all the time that are talking about, you know, meteors hit slash smashing into the earth and, uh, you know, all these things happening like any second now, uh, you know, and, and oh my gosh, is there a lot of misinformation about the mark of the beast out there. Folks are so fantastically ignorant, which means without knowledge, it's not a derogatory term, the, the literal translation or translation, right, that the literal definition uh, of the word ignorant simply means without knowledge. They don't know any better. And um, I'm not going to go all Hosea 4, 6 and beat my chest and all that kind of stuff. My, my people are you know, killed for lack of wisdom and all that knowledge and all that. Look, of course, of course, of course. Amen. But you know what? How much more so is that going to be the case when we lack the faith to, to, to um, wield the authority? That we were clearly and explicitly given. We don't even have to derive the fact that we were given authority from the Bible. The, the revision, using derivation or to derive a meaning that is implied by virtue of something that is stated is a very powerful part of meditation on the Word of God and understanding things about the Bible that are otherwise mysteries. And, um, and uh, it's a very super – it should be a part of everybody's Bible study every single day. All right? Um, but when the Word of God explicitly states something, and we willfully ignore that or willfully feel somehow that it is not applicable to us, that would be a big old no-no, okay? So, again, if you are hopeful to be chosen as part of the Bride of Jesus Christ, we have to come to that place. I'm telling you, folks, I know. I, I Look, the Lord has a way of putting people in places where they become uniquely qualified to talk about certain things. Okay, so there are certain sins that we've, you know, for example, I'm not going to pull up, I'm not going to mention names and stuff, but I could. But th th we've had people on the show that have, uh, that have had a history and were delivered from homosexuality. Now listen, 
Who better to help people who are entrapped by the demonic influences of that curse from the bowels of Sheol um, than somebody who was delivered from it? Nobody better. A person who is an ex-alcoholic is extremely qualified to be able to go, even if they've slipped and fallen a couple of times and gone back into alcoholism. If they are, if the Lord has lifted them up, pulled them out of the pit, got them out of the well, and they are doing good and they are walking, they are uniquely qualified to be able to help others that have that similar type of a problem. Now, what do you do with somebody like me? I don't know what you do with somebody like me because I'm in a weird position where I, I, because of the odd nature or the unusual nature of kind of like being this end times Monty Hall, door number one, door number two, or door number three, it's Officer Dave, woo, and you're busted. And for those of you smiling, I tip my hat to you. Praise God. Maybe we have some things in our past in common. But anyway. Yes, the Lord has put me through a lot of ugly, and that ugly has um, touched upon so many different topics, so many different areas, spiritual warfare, casting out of demons, people being possessed, um, understanding the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, seeing these miracles in operation, being born in a miracle-filled church. These things don't exist anymore. I don't care how many people write me and tell me, well, my church is full of Jesus, and they're just full of all kinds of—look, you know, they're, that's okay. I'm, I'm happy for you. Praise God, I'm happy for you. Thank you, Jesus. I am happy for anybody that is happy where they are in their walk. However, I am also painfully aware that the Scripture says, let us all seek our own salvation with fear and trembling. Okay, we need to always be on guard. We need to be watchful. We don't, you know, and that's part of the walk. And, you're, and, 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 and the question is, and it will always remain, are we progressing? See, I think that really in order for uh, – Curry Blake made a comment once in, in one of his teachings, and I love his work, uh, you know, John G. Lake's ministries. Um, and um, he, he made a comment in one of his teachings where he said, if you're not moving forward, then technically you're backslidden. Whoa. So for those of you who are out there going, oh, I'm I'm just going to kind of hang back here where I am right now and just, you know, spend my prayer time and do what I got to do and a little, little and all this other stuff. Well, Curry Blake admonishes people like that. He says, hey, listen, in my opinion, now maybe he's right about that. He very well might be. I would not want to be in a backslidden state in the days that we are about to enter into. What about the days that we're in right now? How Orwellian are they? I was just recently looking at um, this. There's this website out there. Um, uh, it's got. It's about COVID masks and West Coast Walter hooked me up. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the masks that uh, Sister Nancy, uh, Nancy uh, has, uh, jesusmasks.blogspot.com. Big, big fan of those. Those are very decorative, ornate, very cool, very awesome. Uh, but th- but there was, I was looking at this other place out there, um, and um, I'm going to try to focus my eyes on it. It's very hard to do, uh, but yes, it's Redbubble, www.redbubble.com forward slash shop s-h-o-p forward slash and hit enter and in, and there is a in, in uh a place there where you just about any kind of, and i was looking at these masks and yeah 
I typed in mask plus conspiracy. It was awesome. I was having the time of my life. I was laughing. Hallelujah. Uh, there was all kinds of uh, Orwellian, you know, 1984 stuff. I guess the Lord didn't really want me to buy those. Maybe it would have started a fight or something in a supermarket because right about the time I got them all queued up in my shopping cart was right about the time the music started playing for the radio show. And all of a sudden, and the whole thing just goes down. Uh, and you know what? And I'm totally cool with that. Praise Jesus. You know, I used to get so upset about that. I was like, in the name of Jesus. And I just, my hair was standing up, and, you know, and, oh, and sometimes I would get so discouraged. I'd just be like, eh, you know, guess we'll just cancel the show tonight. But I don't, you know, now I just kind of, it's, it's cool because I see the transformation of myself. I am nothing like I was 10 years ago. I am nothing like I was during the Deepwater Horizon event. Praise God. And thank you, Jesus. I am nothing like I was back then now because I would be one of those people freaking out, telling everybody that you're going to turn into some kind of a babbling zombie if you have to take the the, uh, COVID. Now, listen, if you have to take a vaccine, look, I'm not a fan of vaccines. I am an official anti-vaxxer. I don't like them, but I'm here to tell you something. The Lord showed me something powerful in his Bible about that. And I don't care if you like what I say. I, if you can rebuke me and call me call me whatever name you want to call me, because all that's going to mean is I'm going to have a bigger mansion on account of you. And I probably won't even have to see you there. Now, I would rather it would be the opposite and that you would get yourself right with the Lord and understand how you're supposed to feel about your fellow brothers and sisters, even if you don't agree with them. And I would submit you have some Jesus growing to do in order to get, because I had Jesus growing to do, big time Jesus growing to do, and I still got a lot of Jesus growing to do. I'm going to share something with you that the Lord shared with me. Now, first off, I'm going to tell you about this. As everybody's out there telling everybody that all these things that are not true. Now, listen, I know about Luciferese. I know about about quantum dots. I understand about ID2020. I am watching it like a hawk. Okay, I understand that that Fauci is a mass murderer. I understand that Bill Gates is a mass murderer. I understand that that, uh, that Obama pumped $3.7 million into the Wuhan lab. I get it. I know that the Wuhan land was talked about Wuhan 400 in the 1989 revision of the book um, uh, uh, called Eyes of Darkness. I get it. I understand it. The Dean Koontz book. I understand that the movie in 2005, V for Vendetta, was about a pandemic that happened in 2020 uh, that, that, that turned the world into an Orwellian, black, evil world, just like the one that we almost see happening today. All right. Um, these things are not by accident. These are – I used to, everybody says things like, well, that's lesser magic. I used to say it all the time. I used to say, oh, well, this is lesser magic. There's some sort of unwritten rule that the devil must disclose everything that he's going to do before he does it and all that kind of stuff. Look, folks, maybe that's true. Maybe maybe it's all of the above. Maybe it's ABC. Maybe it is all of the above. Probably is. All right, but on the flip side of that, do consider this. Our Father is in control of everything. Everything. Now, granted, he doesn't he doesn't stand over. I, I use this analogy, and I hope that this blesses and helps you. Before I share with you the Paul's Paul's ministry on multiverses, Acts twenty eight one through six. Okay, I'm going to share those with you. Oh, praise God! Thank you, Jesus. But um, let me just. I'm feeling. Okay, listen, I'm going to – I'm looking at the clock, and I know I'm going to lose time, so I'm going to do a shift here. I'm going to, I'm, I was going to go into a big discussion about something else that kind of circles back into the Paul's ministry on Malta Revelation, we'll call it, but um, 
Let me just share this with you. Okay, so I'm watching. I, I am keeping my eyes on all of this stuff. I get it. Okay, I understand it. I don't. I'm, I don't want to take a vaccine. I don't want to. But God is in control of all of these things. Now, um, think about this. There are people listening to this radio show. I know that there are, and I probably know some of you personally. My ex-wife is a nurse. There are 3.8 million nurses in the United States of America. Worldwide, there are probably more like 10 million. How many medical professionals do you think there are worldwide? 20 million? 50 million, perhaps. Maybe 100 million. That wouldn't be out of the question, considering there's 7.5 to 8 billion on the earth now today. What about the travel industry? How many hundreds of millions of people are worldwide in the travel industry? Let's assume, just for sake of argument, that there are 100 million medical professionals in the world. Let's assume that there are also, to make the numbers easy to digest, 100 million people in the travel industry. I guarantee it's about 10 times that, probably even a lot more than that. All right. Now, how do you think all those people are going to feel? Wait, how, how many Christians out there, good ones? Okay, if you studied Revelation 2 and 3, you know that Jesus is giving report cards to the seven churches, right? And there were good people and, and bad people in all of the churches, except for the Church of Philadelphia, where he basically tipped his hat to the whole bunch of them and said, because you have kept my command to persevere, I will keep you from the hour of trial that comes to, to, to test those who, you know, who dwell upon the earth. And I'm you know, summarizing. All right, that's Revelation 3.10. Now, anyway, the point that's important to understand here is that there are good people in all other churches. You heard uh, Sister Rigney join us on the last show. She was taken to heaven by Jesus. She's met Jesus several times. She still sees him today, still meets him today. Now, she's no longer a Catholic. But how many people were listening to the show going, oh, she, she's a, she, she saw Jesus when she was a Catholic? That's absolutely not true. She's a Catholic. Evil, evil. Folks, if we don't get out of that pit where we're pointing fingers, you know, you're just not going to make it. I'm not saying that you're not going to make salvation. See, that's, that's a common misconception that occurs to people who listen to this radio show. I am not, con- I am not concerned about my focus I am concerned about everybody's salvation, and I pray like crazy for people that are lost all the time. Anybody who listens to the prayer vigil understands this. I've been doing it for years. All right, that's, that's, and I do it for entire continents and hundreds of millions of people at a time. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, because Ezekiel 22:30 says, I look for someone to stand in the gap, uh, you know, uh, stand before me, uh, uh, you know, uh, in the gap before me and the land so that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. That's what I do. Okay, I pray on behalf of the land, intercessory prayer using spiritual warfare tactics on behalf of the people that are unsaved, the lost. Praise God. And I pray that you do that too because you're touching the most the, – you're sending angel, the angelic powers of the heavens that you have control over through the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ as a royal priesthood. You are sending them down by virtue of your prayers into the earth to wreak havoc upon the darkness. It is a fabulous way to pray. It's not the only way to pray. Now, there's like unlimited numbers of ways to pray. But anyway, um, praise God. Now, um, uh, but the point I'm trying to bring out here, uh, well, I'm 
working on, circling back to Paul's ministry on the island of Malta and all that, is that we have got to come to that place in our walk. Now, I keep looking at that clock because I just know I'm going to run out of time. But the Lord has brought me through since 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 11 years ago. I went through – look, when you've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of people, I'm not even calculating in. How many more hundreds of millions do we have to add to add people that are part of the churches of the world, all 243 countries if you include the island nations, 195 countries if you only include the major countries, 7.5 to 7.8 billion people. Two of them are, on paper, professed Christians. Now, granted, some of them are probably not very good ones. That's called out very clearly in Revelation 2 and 3. Now, how many of those people are aware of Orwell, or, or you know, of, of the Orwellian problem? How many of the Christians out there that, you know, even, let's, let's just say, oh, well, you're going to say, well, there are so many bad Christians out there. They're Laodiceans, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Let's just play that game for a second. Let's pretend that, hmm, the 30% of them are Laodiceans and they're just naughty, naughty Christians. They're just bad, naughty Christians. Naughty, naughty. That's at least 70%. And of those 70%, some of them are trying, some of them are new, some of them just came out of Teen Challenge, some of them just found their way to Jesus, some of them just gave their lives to the Lord. Uh, all of the people in the churches that are trying to get back into the churches and give praise and glory. I have sisters that, one of, one of my sisters, both of them in their 70s, one of them is very, very advanced in her understanding of the Hegelian dialectic and all the creepy, weird, pizza gate creeping stuff that's going on in the world. She knows all about it, but my other sister, almost her same exact age, a couple of years difference, doesn't know about it. Does that make her less of a Christian? She she spent her whole life taking in homeless girls and, and paying for their educations and clothing them and sending them out as Christians. Lives changed, taking care of their babies and stuff, just like my mom did with 37 different foster kids. My mom wouldn't have known Orwell from a hole in the ground. See, we think that we're somebody special because we are privy to some of the things that are happening across the world. So we say things that we should not say because we don't have the perspective of God. We don't have the perspective of Jesus. We have the perspective of a finely tuned conspiracy theorist. That's the perspective we have. And one of the pitfalls of becoming one of those people as a follower of Jesus is that you will tend to go too far. I know. Been there, done that. And I had to back off. Because the answer is in the middle. It ain't all the way to the right, and it ain't all the way to the left. It's somewhere in the middle. And that makes it analysis of the problems that we're dealing with today exceedingly difficult. So then, all this mumbo-jumbo out there about the vaccines causing, I wouldn't want to take one, I don't want to take one. And if I have a choice, I'm not going to take one. But I ain't going to worry about it. I ain't worried about it at all. The only thing we got to worry about is the mark of the beast. And the mark of the beast ain't out yet. I don't care how many people show you videos of people getting RFID chips injected into their hands. That is not the mark of the beast. I don't give a dagnabbit how many people are out there on YouTube right now saying they talked to Jesus yesterday. That is not the mark of the beast. Not. It has to leave a physical mark on your right hand, on the top of your right hand. It's not a scar from, an, from some kind of an injection. 
You're not going to be given it surreptitiously. You will have a choice. Go back and listen to the testimony of Ken Peters. He was standing in line with his wife to get his head chopped off. They will give you a choice. They want you to deny Jesus. They want your blood to drip out of the socket where your head used to be connected. That's a big part of the deal. They're looking forward to it. And for those who maybe wiggle past it and don't end up getting captured and are running for their lives, they want the brown shirts, the kids, and the people in the streets, just like they're doing with the mask, calling in 911. Somebody doesn't have a mask in the park. Oh, no, send the police. Yes. Yes, we are being conditioned. But when the real mark comes out, they're going to want it. You're going to want. They're going to want it. Want it be seen from a hundred yards away. They want those little brown shirt children to report you. It's got to be visible. Okay. So is God going to turn into all the medical professionals? Look, I ha- I got so many emails five years ago, six years ago. I was getting emails because there were Christians out on YouTube going, "Don't take the flu shot! Don't take the flu shot!" I'm getting emails, but from people. Zillions of you, I don't even know how many over time. People that were in the medical profession, they didn't have a choice. Mothers of little children that couldn't eat, that would have been homeless. Nothing in the Bible saying that they, did, they couldn't do it. The only thing that, the only fear mongering and fear porn that was being spread out there was being spread by people who called Jesus Lord. And Jesus doesn't have any fear. You're darn right this radio show is going to get taken down and the power is going to go out. Absolutely, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I praise God every time it happens because that means I am right on track. Hallelujah. I want my face plastered with a wanted poster right beside Satan's desk because I'm coming to get him and all of his demons. Praise God. And I'm bringing as many people along as I can. How many of those hundreds of millions of Christians out there, hundreds and hundreds of millions of Christians out there, have no idea at all vaccines? They, 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 they have no idea about any of that stuff. They don't, they don't get it. They're just going through life. Going to church, praising God, love. Revelation 2 and 3 says it implies that there's just bunches and bunches of them that are holy and righteous, even in some of the bad churches. And there is. There is. Just because they don't know the stuff that we know doesn't mean that God's going to send them. That's going to let their brains turn to jelly, and they're going to turn into some sort of a babbling, blood-drinking you know, vampire zombie creature because their brain is going to meld and they're going to have luciferese in their blood and they're going to walk around going beady, beady, beady. Oh, for crying out loud. I mean, please. Do you really, really think that's our God? Boy, I sure hope not. I sure hope not. See, the thing is, as these things are coming out and the Lord is showing me things, I'm losing more and more guests. <laughs> Have you thought about that? Yeah. As the Lord shows me these things and shows me what he wants me to say in the different ways that he does, I'm losing more and more guests. 
little by little, I'm getting to this. This I don't because people are so utterly, utterly confused. They don't know their Bible. They don't have the faith. They don't believe it's true. They don't put it into practice. They walk around and and they say all these things and they write books and all this stuff, but they're not where they need to be. They think they are, but they're not. They're not. And I'm not saying I am either. I'm praying hard that I do get to where I need to be. Because we don't get, look, look, by the looks of things, don't look like we have an awful lot of time. Now, I'm going to share the, the, the thing that the Lord showed me. Okay, Remember, I've been telling people about the mark of the beast is the main thing that we've got to be worried about. It's going to be an emblem. It, it, the Greek word means emblem, which means that you can see it from a distance, that kind of thing. It's, it's very so – an emblem is like a flag. You fly it in the air, you know, that kind of thing. You, you proudly display an emblem, okay? You got it? And I told you about how the Bible has – what's called types and shadows. I don't care much for those terms. I call it typology, or uh, you can use the term, he is a type of somebody, or that's, that event is a type of this, um, or a foreshadowing. I like the term foreshadowing. I don't like types and shadows. I don't like that term because it's not as clear, to, clear as it ought to be. We need clarity. All right, so I mentioned that the that the Nebuchadnezzar raising up his statue, okay, for everybody to bow down to is a foreshadowing of the mark of the beast, you know, or because that worship worship the beast or the image of the beast, right? We don't know how that image is going to be. Is it going to be a hologram? Is it going to be on TV? At the end of the day, who cares? Believe me, the elect, the the people that are right with God, the people that are not hugging guns, the people that are not, don't have. See, Psalm sixty six eighteen plays a role in this. 6618 says, if I have iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. That means that you might think you're talking to God, but mm, mm. okay. Doesn't mean that God won't use you because he does use imperfect people. But it doesn't mean that you aren't going to be standing before Jesus going, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in your name? Have I, you know, be gone from me, you door of lawlessness. I have not known you. Scary stuff. So it doesn't really matter if they're called a pastor or a preacher. It's really irrelevant. Matter of fact, I don't even want to be called nothing. I don't want to be called nothing except I, I just want to make it. Praise God. That's what the Lord showed me. Now, I've been telling people about that, you know, that type of the foreshadowing. Okay, and the mark of the beast. And how Daniel, the only, the really, the quintessential thing that Daniel, there, there were some nuances associated with his behaviors that were very much akin toward praising God and praying and all that kind of stuff. But he played the game. He did everything that Nebuchadnezzar essentially wanted him to do. He became essentially a Babylonian. He lived in Babylon. I mean, all that kind of stuff. Okay, but he kept himself separate, holy, and he followed the edicts of his heavenly father to be obedient to his father. And he knew that bowing to that image of the beast was the limit. That was That's bar none. Can't do it. Sorry, Nebuchadnezzar. Not going to do it. All right, that's what's called a foreshadowing. That's the foreshadowing of the mark of the beast right there. Now, I'm going to show you another foreshadowing. The Lord showed me this. Just as our Heavenly Father would never allow Satan to turn hundreds of millions of his children into zombies with a required vaccine that they had to take in order to be a nurse or a doctor or a military professional, or a law enforcement officer, or a TSA travel or a TSA travel agent, or or an airline worker. There's hundreds and hundreds of millions of them, or just somebody who doesn't know any better, or somebody that's just being compliant with the law. Romans 13. 
Hmm? Okay. Do you know your Lord? Do you know your Lord Jesus? Do you know your Father? Do you understand their love? Do you understand they're in control of Satan? Who do you worship? Are you afraid of Satan? Or do you roll over in your bed, disgusted that he bothered to wake you up, paying him no never mind because he doesn't deserve any of it? Paul's ministry on the island of Malta, Acts 28, verse 1 through 6. I'm here to tell you that the Lord just showed me that this is a foreshadowing of the vaccine. How do I know this? Because a series of supernatural events happened to me. First off, I was watching a particular program whereby the fang of a viper was put on the end of a pouch, sealed on the end of a pouch to be used as a hypodermic needle. I just recently watched that episode, by the way. Now, granted, the series is over and it's delayed for the next series, whatever. Irrelevant. Was it a coincidence that I saw that? Was it a coincidence that I saw the scene where the person's life was saved because they took the fang of a viper because the only hypodermic needle they had in that particular was, was crushed by an angry man? And somebody said, oh, my gosh, if we take this fang from this dead snake, this, this fang, we can turn it into a hypodermic needle. And they were able to inject some of the penicillin and save the person's life. And then it hit me, just today as a matter of fact. Acts 28, 1 through 6. Now, when they had escaped, they found out that the island was called Malta. Verse 2. And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled the fire and made us all welcome, because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul, the Apostle Paul, had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, on the fire a viper came out because of the heat and fastened onto his hand. Verse 4. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer whom they, uh, though he had escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. Verse 5. But he, Paul, shook off the creature, the viper, into the fire. Are you seeing the symbolism there? You see, are you starting to put it together? Into the fire. He cast the viper into the fire and suffered no harm from the viper at all. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But but after they had looked for a long time and saw that no harm had come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Notice that there's a little g-god. <sighs> Psalm 82. Psalm 82. For those of you who get what I'm trying to tell you, John 10:34, have I not said ye are gods? Jesus said, sons of God we are. Do you see the foreshadowing here? Hypodermic needle, deadly poison, directly into the hand of Paul, pays it no never mind, has unlimited faith, shakes it off, everybody's mind is blown. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Luke 10, verse 19. Do you think Paul believed that? Mark 16, 16, 17, and 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. They will 
speak with new tongues. They will, you, you follow on along here, they will ingest anything deadly and will by no means hurt them. They will drink anything deadly and will by no means hurt them. See the viper with the hypodermic needle on his, in his mouth, two of them, going into the hand of Paul? What happened to Paul? Nothing. That's what's known as a foreshadowing of what we're going through right now, which, by the way, is very exciting because it means we're a lot further along than we probably thought we were. Although there are some out there that think we're literally a meteor right away from going home, and uh, I don't think that's true. Unfortunately, I wish it was. Praise God. All right, and on that note, let's go ahead and do some of the news. Praise Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Game over. All right, praise God. Now, real quick, before I jump into the news and hit it hard, uh, I want to do a shout-out to Sister Linda Courtney. Thank you for joining us. I am believing out of faith. I'm not even looking at the control panel right now to hunt down your phone number at all, uh, but I'm believing out of faith that you may be connected already and getting ready to come live on the air. And uh, as I mentioned to you in the earlier email, sometimes we run a little bit overtime on the news, which is fine because we have until actually, uh, let me think it through here, 6 to 7.30. We have till 7.30 your time so we can go for that extra half an hour if we need it. Praise God as the Holy Spirit leads. So hang in there for me while I do some of this news, because this news is very apocalyptic, very important, need to keep us all on our toes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hang in there for us, Sister Linda. God bless you. Here we go. Glory to God. United States military. Russia ships more military supplies to Libya. Did you hear that? What's the first thing that Sarah Manet saw in 1979 in her incredible vision that included almost all of the tribulation period, uh, the end times before God's wrath? Revelation 6.17 says, and that he is of his wrath has come and who is able to stand. So we know that from Revelation 6.17 forward, that's the wrath period. And Sarah Manet saw it. What was it? A nuclear-tipped missile being launched from where? Libya. Russia ships send more military supplies to Libya. Who did Russia publicly state in 2012? Medvedev came forward and said, if the West comes against Syria, comes against Iran, we reserve the right to do this, this, and this, and one of the things was nuclear. They actually made that statement public. I have, the, I have a snapshot. I did not even co- copy the link of that particular report because I knew the link might go bad. I physically took a picture, a snapshot, a screenshot of the article where Medvedev made that statement. We're getting close, folks. Where do you think that missile might be coming from? Do you think that Iran actually made the missile that they shoot into Israel? Or could it be they took one of the ones that they got from Russia and modified the warhead? Oh, kind of changes it up a little bit, doesn't it? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next up, Australia reports record jumping COVID-19 deaths despite strict lockdown measures. Oh, by the way, folks, the moral of the story that I just told 
If you're a healthcare worker, if you're a travel industry worker, if you're a Christian who doesn't know Orwell from a hole in the ground, or don't understand all this weird, you know, conspiracy theorist stuff, you know what? Guess what? Jesus loves you. Our Father God loves you. You're not gonna. You're, you are not going to die. God's not going to allow it to happen. The scriptures promise that. Do not fall for the poison bait of the misgivings of people out there that don't understand the word of God and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ given to us. And that don't understand that our Father is in control of Satan. Okay, the, the example that I used earlier with somebody, I forget who it was I was talking to, is like, you have to look at our Heavenly Father as kind of like the headmaster of a daycare center where there's like little, you know, two, three, four, five-year-old kids all playing around in the daycare center. Okay? And our Heavenly Father, he doesn't micromanage every single little child in the daycare center. He doesn't. It, 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 it's our Father's will that we have free will. So if there's free will involved, then our Father isn't micromanaging every thought. Otherwise, he would just bring us all home, and it would be game over. There would be no uh, battle between the forces of darkness and the forces of light. There would be none of that. Satan would be utterly irrelevant. If God was micromanaging everybody, he would just bring us home. Because we know the thoughts that he thinks about us, not thoughts of evil, but thoughts of good to bring us to expected end. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. Right? Right. All right, so that being said, guess what? The soft and chewy, in, uh, the soft and creamy white inside of the Oreo cookie, God knows the beginning from the end, and he injects judgment at the right time, and he injects protection till he that restrains is taken out of the way. Second Thessalonians 2, I think it's 4, something like that. All right, so, so, so he knows the beginning from the end, but he doesn't sit there and micromanage every little teeny-weeny thing that happens in the middle. He puts his hand of protection over it according to prayers. He listens to the prayers of the saints. He relents sometimes from judgments. It's called relenting. There are dynamics that are constantly occurring in the kingdom. He's making calls, just like in 1 Kings 22, 19. Who will we send? You know, how will we make uh, you know, uh, King Ahab go and uh, you know, uh, fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one spirit spoke to one, and one spirit spoke to another. And they came forward, and I will go down and become a lying spirit in the mouth of all of his prophets. We've got to understand there is a soft and chewy inside to the to our lives here right now, and, and, and all these things are in play. But our Father is in control. Ultimately, our Father is in control of that daycare center. And if he doesn't want Satan to touch any of those kids, Satan ain't touching them, trust me. There ain't no way. No way. That's just why Zechariah saw uh, Joshua, the high priest, in Zechariah 3, verses 1 through 7. And, and in the courts of heaven, and our Father said, Satan, leave him alone. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, leave him alone. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? He admonished Satan. Satan was accusing him. Now, granted, he was covered with iniquity. He had to have his iniquity removed from him by our father. So our father put a clean, rich, white robe upon him and a clean turban upon his head. And the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua. So he wasn't perfect. Now, Okay, so anyway, all right, so we're going to keep on going through the news. Praise God. But the point is that our Father is, when there are prayers of the saints, all these dynamics are being, they're all part of the kingdom dynamics. They're all part of the decisions that are made. There's nothing that is written in concrete. These are, just because somebody was shown something doesn't mean that that, that is going to happen. Think about Jonah, what happened to him, and, 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 the, and the, the time delay that occurred on the judgments of Nineveh, all these things. 
What about Moses? Uh, you know, beseeching the Father, please don't destroy the Israelites. It'll make you look bad in front of the front of the Egyptians. And our Father relented. He didn't repent. He relented. He changed his mind. There, these kingdom dynamics are in play even today. Never make the mistake of calling somebody a false prophet ever. Don't do it. Remember this little saying: those who judge. Those who judge will never understand, and those who understand will never judge. I'm talking about another brother or sister. All right. On we go in the news. Hallelujah. Australia records uh, re- reports a record jump in COVID-19 deaths despite the strict lockdown measures. So here's evidence that they've got them locked down like, you know, Fort Knox. They're all in a supermax. They're all, they got triple masks on. It's a, But wait a minute. Record jump in deaths. Oh, I know why. Because they're lying. They're they're telling them that every single person who dies in a car crash has got to be because they want their money from the CARES Act. It's not that the pandemic is no. It's very real, and nobody should know. It's bad, but. We are being played, and this is part of a satanic attack. I don't have time to explain the confirmation that I got from the Lord over the weekend about this, but this is – and I've told people this before, and I knew it instinctively, spiritually, call it whatever you will. I knew that this was a gigantic global satanic attack on mankind, and it is, complete with the masks and I can't breathe and the whole enchilada. All right, next up, hallelujah. Putin says Russian Navy to get hypersonic nuclear strike weapons. And I could read the article, but basically we all know that China and Russia have one-upsmanship on mutually assured destruction on the United States of America right now, and that is what's known as hypersonic missiles. We are still working to get those perfected. We do not have that. The United States does not have that. And that puts World War III – it cues it up a lot tighter than you might think. Okay? Because when Russia and China realize that we're on the verge of equaling them in the missile capability area, that takes away any advantage. So the rules of war would dictate that they need to strike before they lose their advantage. But they also need to calculate out the exact right time. They're watching. You can believe it. Very closely. And the Bible says so. Ezekiel 38, Revelation 18. This is Babylon the Great. Which makes the foreshadowing of Daniel's time in Babylon all the more important, doesn't it? As it does. All right, next up. Hallelujah. District in Western Mongolia on quarantine over suspected bubonic plague case. Reports suggest Mos- this is out of Moscow. Uh, the news is coming out of Moscow. It says Mongolia has put a district in Western uh, Zavkan province on indefinite quarantine over a suspected bubonic plague case. Uh, and, uh, the Xinhao News Agency reported on Sunday, citing local authorities. Let's just be glad it's not the pneumonic plague. The bubonic plague is relatively minor in comparison to the pneumonic plague, which is named after pneumonia. That one makes the bubonic plague look like the mumps. Yeah, we're getting into some pretty creepy dark times, folks. Pray. Pray. Our job isn't to worry about 
Our job is to pray God's will be done and to, and to work against the wiles and the, and, the, and the works of the devil, just like Jesus did. The devil and his demons are our enemies. And what they're doing to our fellow brothers and sisters, whether they're believers or not, is what we are here on this earth to change. Hallelujah. All right, next up. United States resumes funding for rare earth uh, minerals, okay, amidst deteriorating relations with China. So remember I was telling you earlier about how Trump was putting tariffs and there was a trade war between China, but they have control of the rare earth minerals, which, by the way, empower all of our cell phone and all of our weaponry in the military. Basically, if we lose access to the rare earth minerals that, are, uh, that we are importing from China, it shuts down our military. And now we're out there actively looking for alternate sources. And funding them. Is it a daylight and a dollar short? I don't know. But we need to be in prayer. Praise God. No fear, power, authority in the name of Jesus. We need to be going after the demons of darkness. They are the enemy. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then go after the demons that are plaguing the people that you just prayed for. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Another headline. Wuhan on alert again. This time it's about flooding. Flooding poses a threat to over 11 million people in the, in the city of Wuhan. Oh, praise God. Another one. Listen to this. United Kingdom to boost ability to handle space threat from Russia and China. And all the leaders of the, the major leaders of the world are discussing, what are we going to do? They're already showing uh, that they're, you know, listen to this. They're, this headline goes along with it. United States Space Command says that Russia just tested an anti-satellite weapon that's in orbit. But that's, that's the tip of the iceberg. They, according to some of the reports, I cannot confirm them. There are already missiles, offensive weapons in space. Now, does that really change up the game when it only takes seven minutes for a submarine-launched nuclear missile from a Chinese or a Russian sub that are surrounding this country right now, the city without walls in Ezekiel 38? Hmm? No, it really doesn't change the game up that much. But it's tit for tat, and that's part of the, 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 you know, the weaponry game, the, the, the game of war, which, by the way, the war is already going on. We have information wars that are taking place on a global level. We have, uh, we have cybersecurity wars, which are in place big time right now. If we think we're the only country, like Snowden said, that has the ability to take down other countries' uh, you know, uh, power grids and, and, and disable their you know, whatever, uh, their other electrical and, and communication systems and telephone and all that, no. no that's a two-way street. The only appropriate assumption, and I'm an expert in this area, is that they have the same control over us. Why hasn't China cut off our access to those minerals yet, given everything that's happened? And how far away is it before they do? And will that start war? Hmm. Record numbers of coronavirus cases in every global region, according to Reuters. Really? Hmm. Well... If that be true, I want to know what percentage of them are lies. Nevertheless, we need to pray against the evils of this. It is a satanic attack against humanity, and that's where the target of our prayers needs to be. Because we need to bring in, listen, here's your justification before the throne. Okay? When you bring this before the Father against COVID-19 and all this other stuff that's going on around the world, this attack against humanity... Just do like Moses did. Say, Father, 
I believe in my heart, and the reason why I'm praying this way, and I'm asking you, Father, for respite, I'm asking you for some more time, is because for complete destruction, for the holy fire of God, for a priest of ball moment to humiliate the enemy, I'm asking you, Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Father, in the name of Jesus, you know, and, and call down that fire of God. Call down that divine protection. Ask the Father, stop it. You know, priest of ball, fire of God, Zechariah 2.5, burn the enemy's uh, attack against us into the pit. But don't be shy. Tell the Father, let us contend together. Isaiah 43.25, let us contend together. Our Father wants us to contend with him in the courts of heaven. Bring it up. Say, Father, if we have more time, more of your bride will become more purified. The harvest will be much larger. The bride will be much larger. There will be less foolish virgins that have to go through the horror that you know that they're going to be going through if they don't make it off here. When I'm talking about these things, folks, remember I said I wasn't talking about salvation earlier? A lot of people mistake that. They tune into the radio show and they're like, man, he's telling everybody they're going to hell. No, I'm not. I'm preaching to the people that aspire to be part of the bride of Jesus Christ. Many are called, few are chosen. And I don't see anything in the Bible about a guarantee. I see Jesus saying in Luke 21, 36, pray always to be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before the Son of Man. That's what I see. I see, uh, I think it's Proverbs 37, 21. God saves such a, has a contrite spirit. I see the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector who wins when the Pharisee. Read it. All right, praise God. Next up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Police declare riot in Seattle protests. Make arrest. Uh, Trump is doing exactly what he is authorized to do. I told you I am, I am not into politics. I don't could care less. I don't care. I am a citizen of heaven. That's what my script, my, my Bible tells me who I am. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a sojourner. I'm just passing through. But I do practice the laws of the land, Romans 13, unless they violate the laws of God. Daniel, the book of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar. Get it? That's it. Don't get carried away. Don't run screaming with your head on fire because somebody said there's a comet coming. Who cares? I'm here to tell you, folks, I hope the comet hits my house dead on. I, this faster I'll be home with Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, but again, these riots and things that are going on, again, I can read several of them. Black militia members accidentally, accidentally shoots comrades dur during a face-off at, at, uh, at, at a Louisville uh, event that occurred. Uh, it's just unbelievable. The Portland stuff is still going on. How many days has it been? 27 days in Portland, for crying out loud. Trump is doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. Philippians 3.20, I think it is, says, our citizenship is in heaven. I don't care about the flags of the country. Jesus loves all 243 countries. He loves all 7.8 billion people. We need to stop thinking we're somebody special because we're in this country. That is ridiculous. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. God loves everybody. We need to be praying for every single person across this world. What about all the hundreds of millions of people in Africa that just that have that have that have that have loved Jesus with all of their heart that have you know have no idea what's going on? God gonna turn them into zombies? 
Come on, please, people. Please learn who your Lord is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Father. United Nations Human Rights Office condemns arbitrary arrest and unnecessary use of force amidst the United States police brutality protests. Right. They're watching like three places in the country, maybe four. Two of them were Trump sent in federal military persons under the uh, uh, Insurrection Act, which, by the way, Trump's pun intended, posi comitatus. So again, he's doing exactly what he is mandated to do. It's just the stuff that I'm seeing is just unbelievable. Nobody reads any of the laws. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got the YouTube channel. Nobody reads the laws. And few of them even understand their own Bible. But they're out there telling people to do stuff. I wouldn't want to be them at the beam of judgment seat. I would rather be guilty of my crimes, and I have plenty of crimes to be guilty of. And if it's not for the blood of Jesus, I don't even have a shot anyway. I pray for his mercy. Deutsche Bank says a giant volcanic eruption and another deadly pandemic are amongst the catastrophic disasters that could devastate the world economy in the next 10 years. Did you hear that? Deutsche Bank. Listeners to Tribulation Now, do you think? <laughs> right? Are, are they? You're good. <laughs> Thanks, Captain Obvious. I was on a totally different track. No, I'm kidding, really. I don't know. Kids, do you think they're closet listeners? Uh, uh, see, you guys are too nice. I don't think the Deutsche Bank, maybe a couple of their employees are. What do you think about that, huh? Okay. 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 You're the best Jesus kids ever. You get it. Praise God. Another headline. Two injured in IDF. Israeli Defense Force. Helicopter. I thought it was supposed to be IAF because it was a helicopter. Huh. Anyway, uh, IDF helicopter strikes on Syrian military targets. Or maybe it's like us. We have helicopters that are in the Army and helicopters that are in the Air Force. That's probably how it is. There's a big time war. There's war stuff going on over in Syria now, right now. They're taking uh, Israel is not. It is no holds barred right now. They are going after every Iranian or, or anything that even looks has the tiniest hint, even just a whisper of Hezbollah or Iran associated with it. They are taking it out with no quarter. By the way, that was one of the things that Medvedev said was going to be, in his eyes, essentially an act of war. And in 2012, according to that article, that they would not, they would not um, uh, uh, hesitate to use nuclear weapons to defend Iran and Syria. Boy, we are years past that, aren't we? Man. Hmm. Next one. Land of the free, home of the brave. Most Americans, especially conservatives, admit that they are afraid to say what they think. Well, based upon some of the things that I've seen on YouTube, Facebook, from people who claim to be Christians, maybe they shouldn't say anything. <laughs> maybe they need to get, maybe they need to pray, pray Psalm 51 like David and say, create in me a clean heart, O Lord. Listen to this headline from Daily Star. Exorcist claims possessed woman threw four men across the room and spoke demonic languages. Okay, we need another one of these. You're good. Thanks, Captain Obvious. I was on a totally different track. <laughs> right? And they're, they're acting like they're surprised. <laughs> Speaking as one, of one who has been thrown down the hallway by one such individual, I'm here to tell you it's very, very real. All right, praise Jesus. And on that note, let's go ahead and bring on Sister Linda Courtney. We're 15 minutes, well, 16, 17, 18, about 18 minutes over time, but that's okay. We can go the extra half hour if she feels led. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Here we go. Let's bring her on live.
Sister Linda, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I thought you had forgotten about me. I went into the bedroom to start doing some more scouting on YouTube, and here you are. <laughs> oh, did so, you get my other – I guess you you missed my other email that I sent you. Yeah, I reminded I, you that we go overtime during the news segment pretty much just about every show on the Hang In There for me that we would have until 7.30 your time if you wanted to use all that time, which is just a total blessing if you feel led. Well, you know, John, I just appreciate that because I listened to your news, and it was so interesting. I learned things I didn't know, so thanks for sharing that with me as well as your other listeners. That was great. So which way do you want to go? You uh, didn't give me a whole lot of uh, ideas on which direction, so what would we like to talk about? Okay. Well, in particular, you had um, a YouTube video, and I'm going to admit this is just something that I like to do. So I do this because I enjoy doing it because I like to see God's supernatural um, hand in my life as much as possible. So a lot of times I just go by a feeling, you know, I'll just maybe it's the Holy Spirit, maybe it's the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit. I don't know, but I mm-hmm. oftentimes will not listen to the testimony of a guest. I'll let the Lord lead me, and I'll look at the title, and then I feel a certain way. Forward it over to Sister Nancy. Sister Nancy will do things and help and all. That. But anyway, I did not listen to your YouTube video that was entitled "A Prophecy for America." But if you would, that one there is very, very, very important to the listeners of this program. And but but if you have other things that you want to share, by all means, please do feel free uh, to share whatever the Lord places upon your heart to share. John, I I felt uh, very much that you would go in that direction. So what I did, um, I scribbled down some of the excerpts from that video, and I can go over that with the listeners now, and then I can tie it in, if you don't mind, with a couple other prophecies from other uh, saints of God. And I won't mention their names unless I feel it's absolutely necessary. I did get one from, uh, a, he calls himself a bishop, or she does, I believe it's a gentleman, very recently, and I will save that for maybe toward the end. But let's go over the one, the Prophecy for America, because I do remember that I was wearing a blue blouse, and it was before my surgery. So here's some of the highlights of it, and I'll just read highlights. Uh, I won't read the whole prophecy because I don't have it in written form, but we'll go, we'll just begin here. The Lord God began by saying, by the power of the Holy Spirit, inspiration of the Spirit of God, he said, bitter, very bitter is the cup America will drink. I, God, will hold the cup to America's lips. Then he went on to say a few more things, but I'm skipping around. He went on to say, planes, missiles, and bombs will come upon America, but first comes the earthquakes. Monuments will fall. The space needle in Seattle will fall like a toothpick in the wind. 
and great waters will flow upon your nation. The Lord went on to say, just pulling out excerpts, he said, Prepare as Joseph did, but don't allow anything to replace your trust in God. In other words, as I take that, it's okay, which I do to prepare some, you know, food and water and items like that. But don't let anything replace our trust in God. Then he went on to say, pulling out another excerpt, he said, look up to the skies. Soon you will see a grand cosmic display and then soon the darkness will fall. I am the light of the world. Do not fear. However, you will, however, outside of your dwelling, there will be chaos and fear for the unbelievers. Then he went on to say, California, you are an evil region within America. But in my mercy, I will still deal with my remnant within America and within that state, for I am the great I am. He said, proclaim my warnings. Soon I will remove my beloved children out of this world, and we will be together for all eternity. End of that uh, prophecy where I pulled excerpts out. I had something come into my mind today as most of the listeners do realize that Revelation chapter 18 alludes to America as Babylon. I wonder, however, how many listeners have considered that in the Old Testament, Jeremiah chapter 50 and 51 has a huge number of scriptures that I believe, personally anyway, that can allude only to one superpower that this world has ever known up to this date, and that is America. It's so true. I'm, it's, it's, I'm confirming it for you. No, it's not me. Uh, it's it's Dimitri Dudeman. Dimitri Dudeman was a Romanian pastor and worked as a Bible smuggler in Romania during the uh, Soviet Union days and um, was beaten horribly for doing that. And then he was brought by – he was met in, in, in a near, near death by two angels of the Lord, and they brought him to America. He was introduced to the United States of America by Lester Summerall on the very first – Christian television station the United States ever had. And he traveled around with his son, his grandson, Michael Boldia, who is still doing ministry work today, to churches all over the United States, telling them, you are Babylon the Great, and you will burn by fire. And he gave his testimony probably dozens, if not hundreds of times, at churches as he traveled as part of his ministry with Michael translating for him. And mm-hmm. the angels of the Lord told him outright, Jeremiah 50 and 51 is in fact talking about America. Amazing. That was in 1983. 83 was when that occurred. Yep. Amen. Wow, that is amazing. Well, that absolutely, I, I agree completely. And I hope some of the viewers or listeners will uh, open their Bible and read Jeremiah 50 and 51. It's absolutely rich in scriptures that show this is the United States. 
And, for instance, even saying, a sword is upon their waters and upon their chariots and upon all the mingled people. You know, that's just one little, for instance, and we pride ourselves on being a nation of the mingled people. And it goes just on and on. It's just um, really amazing. Um, You know, I was thinking another thing that... um, I pulled out a couple of old prophecies that I received uh, some time ago, and then I put it with another one-liner by a gentleman that gave a similar prophecy, and it goes along with the Jeremiah 50:51 and Revelation 18, speaking of the uh, eventual chastisement that God, in order for God to be a just God, as well as a God of mercy, uh, just as a good parent spanks a child from time to time, or at least they used to, uh, so God will have to eventually chastise a wayward nation. And um, so as I pulled out some of these words, this is, um, again, I'll pull out this little excerpt that I received some time ago, maybe about six years ago. Uh, The Lord says, Now you ask about the future of America. I say the following. As the lightning strikes, so shall the final change take place. Hold on, my beloved ones, and trust in me. Remember that down through the ages, as various nations have been shaken and sifted, so shall I allow this in America. The majority of Americans have placed so much pride in a sinful nation that they have cast me aside. I can no longer bear with such haughty, self-righteous, arrogant, humanistic attitudes and then in this um, other uh, prophetic word from a brother in the lord it absolutely confirms this about the lightning and it reads thusly so too will your nation of america experience its destruction so swiftly that you will be overwhelmed and speechless as your destruction falls like lightning so whatever is coming, Don, John, don't you feel it's going to come like like dominoes just pushed over, bang, 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 bang? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I, I won't, you know, but I have uh, other prophecies. I used to collect them, um, uh, uh, long story. But anyway, um, one of them said something along the lines of um, things will begin to happen so fast that you will barely be able to catch your breath between the events. Yes. Yes, I agree with that. Well, even now, it's just getting harder and harder to keep up. You know, I've been a Bible student for over 50 years and a really avid researcher, and I have more time now, but, of course, I'm growing older, so it's a little harder in that direction. But still and all, it's it's all I can do to barely begin to keep up. Things are ramping up so quickly. You know, so I okay. feel that. Need a co-host? You need a co-host position for a radio show? I'll hook you up with some stuff. I'll keep you up at night. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you would. Oh, my goodness. Just about every time I think, um, you know, I was able to unplug for a little while, it's like, oh, no. I look at my watch. I'm like, I got a radio show today. So much for unplugging. (laughs) Yes. Isn't that the truth? Yes, it yeah. is. I know. I have had other, like I like to oil paint. Well, I really don't have time for that now because I try to be a researcher. I try, you know, I've got the YouTube channel going now, and it's just, 
I feel, you know, when God puts the calling on our life to be a, a watchman or a watch person for him, that takes top priority. And we have so many people in America that needs to hear the message. And the message really is what hit my heart today as I was thinking about the prophetic word is repentance. It's a call to the American people to repent of their sins, to humble themselves before the love and the throne of God, and to receive our beloved Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That is the most important thing in the bottom line of all of this. Absolutely. Amen. Praise God. Yep, that is it. That's what that's what we got to, you know, stay focused on is the mission of the kingdom all the way to the bitter end and love. It's love and the authority and power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we got to walk you in that know, faith. You know, I like absolutely. And I love that saying you said about judging uh something about Can you repeat that for me again? Don't yes. judge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those who judge will never understand. And they won't. I can I can attest to that. Those who judge will never understand, and those who understand will never judge. Oh, I love that! Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, we'll I collect. Judge. Yeah, I collect these little phrases from all over the world, and they come up automatically on my phone in the morning when I'm in prayer, and um, talking to the Lord. And then mm-hmm. they're not always. They're not always scriptural quotes, but the Lord will show me, you know, because they're always linked back to the scripture. They always map, you know, like a map. They always map that map back to the scriptures. And it's like, it's a blessing. It's a blessing because it really helps me in my walk and encourages my walk. And then I share it with people on the program to maybe encourage them a little bit, too. Well, that's true. Those little one-liners are very important because they stick in a person's mind a lot better than a whole paragraph. And they're very useful to help winning people, to win people to the Lord or to give them better understanding of the Word of God. Uh, John, I received a, I consider it to be a very vitally important prophetic word from a, I assume it's a brother from Brazil, and he has given me permission to put this on either YouTube or to share it with others. And um, beings, we opened the show with the warnings concerning America and the heavy things coming to our nation by way of chastisement. I feel it would be expedient to, at this point, uh, read some of the things that this, I assume, brother has sent to me. Would that be okay? Sure. Of course. Okay. Because we're gonna, we're. I'd like to stay on the same theme to begin with, and then we'll move into a little bit on the days of darkness, because we have some things there to share too. Okay, this is from Brazil. I received it. I think on the twenty second of this month, and um, I will just refer to him as a brother in the Lord, because quite honestly, I can't pronounce his name anyway. He said during the war that will soon take place in the United States of North America. I want you to watch over in supplications and prayer and abstain from gossip and related things. I do not admit to fallacies or the disclosure of the personal lives of my servants, especially those I use in the work of saving souls and those who preach my word and keep my commands. Truly, I say to you, Oh, blessed are those 
servants whom, when the Lord comes, he finds watching. Truly I say to you, he will gird himself, sit at the table, and serve them. And then he goes on to say, Yahweh God is in his holy temple. We reverence him, all ye people of the earth. Love your brothers, fear God, and honor the king. I want you to prepare yourselves as the economic crisis will worsen during the war between the United States and the, and the collusion of foreign countries headed by the former Soviet Union, the Arab League, and China. Everyone will rebel against this nation, meaning ours, America, that has prostituted itself and left my commands because of its lust, vanity, and greed, besides having abandoned my true worship for idolatry, sorcery, and related things, and having instituted laws that never came to my heart, such as abortion, rampant divorce, sexual immorality, and other ungodly laws that are not in my command. And so, like Israel, spiritually prostituted themselves abandoning the Lord and did not pay due praise and worship to him. And that's all I will read for that one. So we seem to be running into quite a theme on coming chastisement or punishment for America, and it's not a happy subject. You know, it doesn't give me any joy to bring this kind of news to our listeners, but it is reality and Whatever is reality, if it's based on the Word of God, which it most certainly is, I believe we have to be honest about it. So then we'll go a little bit into, um, I don't know if I should mention names or not. No. About other don't people. Do no. If the okay, word that's is coming what I thought. Word, yeah, if the Word is coming from the Lord, then it is irrelevant which chunk of flesh it's coming from. Get it? Good. We're all part of the body, and none of us mean anything. It, the second that we think we, you know, we're we're nothing. It's Jesus. It's all Jesus. We're part of the body of Christ. You know, the last will be first. You know, it's you know, people that are like, I've had people that I brought on the show, and they're like, I want you to do this, and I want you to do that. Don't you know who I am? I'm the most. I need this, and by I I I I. And I'm like thinking to myself, before I was like 60 seconds into inviting the person on the show, I changed my mind. I was like, Lord. You know, I had to back out, you know, and you yeah. know how it is. I mean, it's it's not about us. So, yeah, we don't have to mention any names. It just, That's it, this right. Is no, a, I'm glad you said that because I felt very uncomfortable in that myself. Um, I know that, um, however, according to other prophetic messengers, let's just say that's who they are, prophetic messengers, we we don't have a whole lot of time to prepare for something uh, coming uh, to our nation that's harsher than we've ever been through on our main land, if you know what I mean. Um, and we received one the other day, which again spoke of great darkness coming. And so I'd like to mention a little bit about the days of darkness. Um, I had a struggle with that prophecy when God gave it to me, that lengthy one, on the last day of March 2019, it was right before I had my major surgery, and uh, very lengthy, I put it on my YouTube channel, if anybody would like to refer back to it, 
because there wasn't a time frame given, you know, and people were come, jumping on YouTube and they were saying, well, when is this going to happen? You know, when is this cosmic event going to happen? And when is the three days of darkness going to happen? Well, I would say, honestly, I really don't know. And I still honestly know, except that the input I've been getting from the other prophetic messengers tend to place it uh, more like into the sixth seal. Which it the is Bible in a sixth seal. Very... Yes. That's it, is, it is in a sixth seal. Um, as a matter of fact, I can tell you the exact words. Okay, go, uh, yeah. so, so Revelation 6.12 basically talks about a great earthquake. By the way, that, that great earthquake is the same great earthquake in the middle of Ezekiel 38. And the city without any walls in Ezekiel 38 is the United States of America. So when uh, the Gog and Magog invasion is occurring in Israel, war will be mm-hmm. occurring in America at the same time. Okay, mm-hmm. it's all one big World War Three, and it's and that that the epitome, the epicenter of World War Three scripturally, is the fourth seal. Behold, a pale horse, and his name is Death, and a quarter of the earth is tied up in death, and in the beast of the earth, and et cetera, et cetera. That is the the culmination. That is full force, the epicenter of all things World War III, and it includes Psalm 83, Isaiah 17, Damascus being turned into ruinous heap, Gog and Magog, Ezekiel 38, 39. It includes Revelation 18. Well, no, no, Revelation 18 is a little bit later. Um, but then, the, then comes the sixth seal, and there, that, that that great earthquake in the beginning, Revelation mm-hmm. six twelve. That is the one that that is caused. That shakes the entire earth. That is not just mm-hmm. the earthquake, the one that's going to happen up in Seattle. That the Cascadia mm-hmm. subduction zone collapse is going to be a. It's going to be localized. It's going to mm-hmm. be huge. It may be a ten. It's going to be bad, and millions are probably going to die. But um, and the saints that get caught up in it will will be essentially Isaiah fifty seven one, which is the righteous perishes, and no one takes it to heart that merciful men are taken away, while no one considers that the righteous is taken away from evil. Okay, so and then Psalm one sixteen fifteen, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. So our Father will bring this a lot of saints home when that happens. But that's a localized event. Oh, yeah. Revelation. Yeah, hallelujah. So Revelation 6:12 is the that happens when a meteor, a, a, a rel, not a, not a humongous one, you know, it's not it's not an extinction level event, but it's darn close to being that, um, and it will hit off the coast of Puerto Rico, and it's going to wipe out the entire east coast of the United States. It will be completely gone. Um, many other countries will be gone, um, and and the whole earth is going to shake. Now, to, we really got to get our arms around this. This is also Isaiah 24, where the earth t- rocks to and fro like a drunkard, okay? Oh, yeah, the judgment right. upon They're all one and the same. It's talking about the same event. Right mm-hmm. after that, right after that, we see... That the sun turns black as sackcloth of hair. There's your three days of darkness. There's your right. three days of darkness. All right. And then 
And then you also see that the sky rolls up like a scroll. Well, the only way the sky is going to roll up like a scroll is if you go back and watch the old documentary films of the Bikini Island nuclear tests. Oh, yes, yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So what happens is Revelation 18, the the coast-to-coast destruction of Babylon the Great in one hour by fire, is an attack by Russia and China with submarine-launched nuclear missiles, and they will burn the country from sea to shining sea, and it will so, be destroyed. So they will you be can... off of most of our coasts, Atlantic and Pacific coasts. Are they hidden now? now? Are they hidden under now. the sea now? Absolutely. I was in the Navy for five and a half years. I was a fire control technician, certified and all that kind of stuff. And I guarantee you, they're sitting there right now. And it only takes seven minutes from the point that they press the button until detonation over the cities. We cannot respond quickly enough. Well, that would be my next question, you know, because the, the, uh, my husband, the father of my kids, he was in the Air Force as a radar controller. And I mean, that was like forever, 60 years ago. And uh, they, of course, they didn't have the technology then. But as far as advanced as the U.S. is now in their military technology, most Americans, I, I guarantee you, most Americans would say, oh, we've got the technology to stop it. There is no way anybody can attack the good old USA. But you're believing the same as I am, that, yes, absolutely we can be attacked. Well, it's it's actually it's, a, it's a, it, we can we can adhere. So to, to so to be as clear as possible, mutually assured destruction, which is the concept that we can strike back with equal or worse force, should Russia and China attack us. That's the one thing that keeps the peace essentially the nuclear peace because they don't want to be blown up, and you know et cetera. But the problem is. It's not the seven-minute problem because that, that, that seven minutes is still enough time for our launch detectors to detect the launch from the nuclear subs. Then there would be an emergency. Wherever Trump is, I guarantee you they will tackle him down like a five-year-old kid trying out for the NFL. They will tackle him down, and they will say, time to press the button, Mr. President. All right, oh. now at that I'm just using that as an example. Yeah, I that know. I get you. Cause, yeah, that will cause an electronic authorization to go to our subs, and our subs will return. So Michael Mullen, who we had on the radio show about eight years ago, he was shown a vision of Jesus in the throne room of God as the United States was being nuked. And mm. he saw that 60% of Russia was also nuked. So we did strike back with our subs. Okay? Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So that's a that's something that's inter, you know relevant to know, but but when you look at here's the thing, this is neat. I think you're going to dig this. Okay, mm-hmm. so like when you read Revelation, I think it's chapter 14, you will see the angels flying overhead, and they will say something along this line. They'll say something like, "Babylon the Great has fallen, has fallen, that great nation," or something along that line. If you mm-hmm. take a careful it's past tense. So we know that Revelation 18 happens prior to Revelation 14 because the angels said that it already happened. Revel- it, they said Babylon the Great has fallen, has fallen, that great nation. All right, so we, so we, we can take Revelation 14, 18, and now we can plug it in prior to Revelation 
14 because the angels saw it already destroyed. Now mm-hmm. then, how do we know that it that it's linked to the sixth seal? How do we know that the sky rolling up like a scroll is Revelation 18 unfolding on the earth? And the reason we know that, this is so cool, Revelation 18 verse 23 has a mystery verse in it. It's, Say it again, says, Revelation what? 18, it's chapter 18, verse 23. Okay. It says, and I'm, I'm kind of fast-forwarding, I'm cutting out some of the fat, but it says, the bride and the bridegroom will be heard in her no more. Well, guess right. what? There's 350 million people in the United States of America, and there's a lot of people that are probably going to make the bride of Jesus Christ in this country. And I'm here to tell you that statement, the bride and the bridegroom will be heard in her no more, proves that Revelation 18 occurs in the middle of the sixth seal. And you're going to say, why? Why is that? I'll tell you why. Because 1 Thessalonians 5.9 says... But you are not appointed to wrath. In Revelation 6.17, which is in the sixth seal, to the end of the sixth seal, it says, And the day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Yes. Right. So we know that we cannot, the bride of Jesus Christ cannot be on the earth. The bride of Jesus Christ cannot be on the earth past Revelation 6, verse 17, because the day of God's wrath has come, and we are not appointed to wrath, 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. That's right. So with, Yeah, amen. So we're not going to be here after Revelation 6, 17, and we know that Revelation 18, which is about the nuclear destruction of America, says in verse 23, the bride and the bridegroom will be heard in her no more. Which means that Revelation 18 must be before Revelation 6.17. Amen? I had never looked at it that way, but that has to fit that way. It has to fit. It doesn't fit the other way. You can't have the bride on the earth that far down in Revelation, and you can't have the angels saying... Babylon the Great has fallen that great. You know, it's past tense. So when you put it all together and you're like, okay, well, then the only thing that will make the sky roll up like a scroll is nuclear bombs. And then you, then you also take it the next step. You take it the next step and you say, wait a minute, the Bible is global in scope. So it should, it be, it should be something that affects the vast majority. You know, people should be – guess what? When America mm-hmm. is being new by global ther- – you know, by, by – by thermonuclear bombs. When mm-hmm. that's happening, so is Russia, so are places in Europe. So mm-hmm. the vast majority, the vast majority of the people on the earth will look up in the sky and see the sky rolling up like a scroll. Nuclear bombs. Yes. And then in verse 16 of where we're at in Revelation chapter 6, Right prior to that, where well, verse seventeen says, "For the great day of His wrath has come, and who shall yep. be able to stand?" And of course, the church is out of here. The saints of God are out of here because, like you said, they're not appointed to wrath. But right. um, let's let's discuss the prior verse uh, sixteen, where it says, 
and sa- and the kings of the earth said, you know, fall uh, fall on us, and we'll hide in the dens and the rocks of the mountains can fall on us. And they say, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. So explain that to me and to the listeners. Uh, are we seeing Jesus at that point in time actually sitting on the throne on his, in heaven? Explain verse 16, would you please? You know, that's not one that the Lord has revealed to me in a supernatural manner, So, but I can just say this. Um, you know, at some point, when you when you're a literalist like I am, okay, so I'm I'm a literalist, and I can tell you that prophetically speaking, that that was actually prophesied many 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 over a hundred years ago. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, um, the guy the guy's name was Reverend J. W. Brooks, and in a book entitled "The Literalism Elements of Prophes- Prophetical Interpretation," that mm-hmm. was printed in eighteen in eighteen forty. Reverend J.W. Brooks said, about the time of the end, in all probability, a body of men and women will be raised up who will turn their attention to the prophecies in the Bible and insist upon their literal interpretation in the midst of much clamor and opposition. And I got the scars to prove the opposition. But anyway. um, (laughs) Yeah, right. Hallelujah. Mm. But anyway, um. So the answer that I would give to that, this is just my feeling, mm-hmm. is I believe that that is not a literal manifestation of Jesus' face before them. I believe that as they are being crushed to death by the shaking of the earth, Isaiah 24, which is global, oh. that they will either they will either realize a see Carter Conlon said something scary and prophetic in the Times Square church he said in your last moments you realize the feet coming down the hallway are not coming to take you to heaven oh my i know i don't even reading that right now. I don't even like reading it, okay? But I'm just saying, I now now put yourself in the position of the people that were hiding in the mountains and the rocks to get away yeah. from God. See, even the Satanists mm-hmm. to our Heavenly Father as Adonai, and they call him a pest. The Satanists believe that Lucifer is God. The Bible is turned upside down, and it's encoded. They think it's encoded, okay? And they believe that uh-huh. Yahweh our Heavenly Father, is a pest, and that Lucifer is actually in control. That's what they teach him. Okay? And we know that's wrong. Okay, so when you kind of get that, then you say to yourself, how many of those hiding in the rocks were Satanists that at that moment of their death realized that Lucifer wasn't their God? That is... Oh, that's perfect. I don't know. That's that's exactly how that has to be. This isn't speaking about the saints. <clears throat> it's not the saints of God that are seeing the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. These are the wicked ones that die in their sins, that are hiding not, <clears throat> in not the only rocks. That, check this out. The, check this out. Since you're into the the prophecies and stuff, so am I, and the listeners as well. I have several of them. I've, I collected them for over a decade and more than 1,300 
pages of them in Microsoft Word. Now, there are – I will – I don't know what the number is, but there's a pretty good number, to, enough to make it noteworthy, of prophecies that state that the only ones who will actually hear the blow of the trumpet for the rescue are those who are eligible to be rescued, and none of the other Christians will hear it. So only the wise virgins – will hear trumpet sound. Which, by the way, opens up a whole can of ugly for the foolish virgins that are left behind because they will still think that there is no rapture. As a matter of fact, Pastor Sori Park, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. Pastor Sori Park, very anointed pastor from South Korea, was taken to heaven. And Uh Jesus, Jesus told him, that NASA is going to come on the te- television screens across the world and tell everybody that the aliens took them. Oh, no. Oh, that's terrible. Isn't that oh. something? And the, yes, foolish ver- the, the foolish virgins that are still on the earth that, weren't, that didn't make themselves ready in time, they're still going to think... You know, what are they going to think? Are they going to think it's the aliens? Are they going to think there's no such thing as the rapture? Are they going to still keep on behaving like they were? Are they going to take the mark? What's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. I just know I don't want anybody listening to this show to miss the rescue mission. Make the rescue mission. Amen. (laughs) You know what? People get all... I want to talk about I want to talk about the Revelation 13 beast government. What do you think's going to happen when this happens and that happens? And I'm like, man, I'm focusing all my energy on making sure nobody that listens to this show is here for that. <laughs> okay, so talk yes, about it if you. Yes. You know what I mean. But I'm focusing on getting out of here. <laughs> Praise well, God. Well, yes, John, and what you just said a minute or two ago, you said uh, that. <clears throat> the elect or the saints or the uh, children of God will hear the trumpet. Well, it says that in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and with the trump of God, I repeat, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with them. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So, absolutely, the trumpet will be heard by the righteous, the believers in Christ. Because it says it right here in red. In, in, well, I underlined it in red, but it's in black. Well, I don't want to keep you up at night, but and you may already know this, but Reverend John Melindy... This this was one of my many epiphanies as the Lord was growing me up, and I'm still just a teeny-weeny little embryo holding on to the bus bumper saying, please, Jesus, don't leave me behind. <laughs> but one of the things the Lord showed me, which was life-changing, was the testimony of John Melindy. And I know a lot about John Melindy now. I've researched his ministry. He's one of the largest divine healing ministries in the entire world. He's stationed out of... Uh, the southern half of Africa. I forget which country. Is he still alive? Yes, he's still alive today. Anyway, Can you spell his uh, name for us, please. Yes, yes it's M U 
M-U-L-I-N-D-E. Mulindi. John Mulindi. J-O-H-N. Got it. Thank you. He was, he was told that there was sin in his ministry by the Lord, and they all went up and prayed and fasted to find out where the sin was to get it out of their ministry. And long story short, it turned out to be John himself. John went back in to seek the Lord, and the Lord came upon him. The light, he saw the light. It was a mighty vision. He was right there in the presence of the Lord and heard the water, the rushing sound of the Father's voice and all that. And the Lord said to him, John, if I came for my bride today, I would not take you, John. This man was laying hands on the sick, blind people getting restored sight, crippled people walking, praising Jesus up and down, and he was not eligible to be the bride of Christ. Did he say why? why? Yes, he did. After much to do, the Lord revealed to him that he was looking at young ladies on the side of the road and lusting after them. And that was all it took. That was all it took. For him to be unqualified to be part of the bride of Christ. So be advised, anybody listening to this program right now, making it as a wise virgin and being rescued early from the hell that's coming upon this earth, and you think World War III is hell? You have got, you, you ain't seen nothing yet. The stuff that's mm. going to happen during God's wrath is going to be so horrible, I wouldn't wish it on, oh, anyway, here's the thing. When, when it says in Ephesians 5.27 that Jesus is coming for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she should be holy and without a blemish, mm-hmm. that's not a joke. That's not a joke. That's not no. tongue-in-cheek. That's not a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Take it to heart. But also, yeah. here's the encouragement. Here's your encouragement. If you're caught up in an, in an addiction, if you are caught up in some form of behavior that you have a very difficult time controlling, listen. Seek God. Fight the good fight. Get rid of that addiction. Seek medical attention if you require it. Seek psychological help if that's what, you know, Christian counselor, hopefully. But I'm telling you, folks, do not give up the fight. Okay, never listen to this program and get the impression that you cannot make it because that is boulder dash. You can make it. it Accept the gift from Jesus. Accept his authority and fight that fight like it was the last fight of your life. Because it's the last – we don't want it to be. There's no reason for it to be. There is no behavior that anybody listening to this program right now that is caught up. I don't care what addiction it is. I don't care what mess you are in. You can still make the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to get on your knees now. You need to pray for love. The number one thing you need to beseech, which means to beg God for, is Father I need your love on my life. I need to love you so much that all I think about is you. I need to love Jesus so much that all I think about is him. And I need that love to overflow me so much that it changes every aspect of my life, everything that I think, everything that I feel, every person that I look at, all, every, my whole reason for being alive, the reason that I wake up in the morning needs to be your love. 
Pray now. It's not too late. You can get that extra oil in your vessel. You can be part of the bride. You can be chosen, but you need to mean business. You are not out of time yet, but you've got to get serious right now. All right. There's my preaching for the moment. That is glorious because as you were saying that, I have my paper and pen. I drew a cross. I'm a little bit of an artist. And I drew a cross. And what came to me is we're saved by grace, not by law. And when we ask for the love of God to uh, dwell in us, pour over us, and that's what we're focused on is our Savior Jesus and the holy things of God, then we become partakers of his grace and we're not trying to do it by law. Because when we try to overcome our besetting sins, whatever it might be, addiction or lust or, you know, whatever it might be, we can't do it by law. It will backfire every time. It's got to be by grace, which is by love, which comes by the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's why God had me draw a most beautiful cross as you were preaching that. Amen. Here's here, and so let's take it up even. Let's do like a uh, who's that? Who's that? Let's kick it up a notch, an emerald thing. Sure. We'll kick up. We'll kick up the recipe a notch. Yep. So, Revelation three ten is Jesus essentially congratulating the Church of Philadelphia for being for doing doing a pretty good job amidst the other six churches that were mostly naughty. <laughs> and he says he says in the beginning he says when the Lord showed this to me I. I was like, oh, I, I had one of those tear, teary-eyed moments. Mm-hmm. It says, because you have kept my command to persevere, I will deliver you from the hour of trial which comes upon the whole earth to test those who dwell upon the earth. So you know the Church of Philadelphia isn't on the earth because the test, the trial, the hour of trial, the, that, 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 that's coming to test those who dwell upon the earth, right? But the key word is the word persevere. Do you ever think of that? Persevere. It doesn't say because you have kept my command to be perfect. It doesn't say because you have kept my command to be holy. It doesn't say because you have kept my command to be holy and righteous before me. It doesn't say any of that. Because our perception of righteousness is but filthy rags to God. Confession of sins, self-examination, um, changing our our constant. It's a constant change. It's constant growth. It's constant confession. It's constant. You know, it's practicing righteousness. First John three seven says, "He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he, Jesus, is righteous." Mm-hmm. It's 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 a continuous process. It's when you That's stop. Good. It's when you stop is when you become backslidden. When you stop yeah. seeking God, when you stop confessing of your sins, when you when you think you've arrived, right. that you don't need to improve at all, that you're where you need to be, you're there, you're at the United Church of whatever on Fifth and Main, and you're there. Now yeah. you're in danger. Now you're in danger. But you don't want to be there. You want to be. Jesus, your first love. You want to be repentant. You want to be the tax collector. When Jesus uses the parable of the tax collector and 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 the Pharisee, 
the tax collector's renting his robe. He doesn't even want to look up into the sky because he feels unworthy. Mm-hmm. That's the humble and contrite heart of the, look, many are called, few are chosen. If that doesn't humble up people who think that they're going to be part of the bride, I don't know what will. Many are called. Oh, it is beautiful. It, yeah, it goes together so well, and I mean, you're giving me thoughts that I had never thought of. And, you know, I think we have a lot of believers, um, followers of Jesus that are kind of stuck in a rut right now. And I think your word of encouragement is very appropriate for them that we don't need to be stuck in a rut we can make progress we can go ahead this is why we have the holy spirit jesus said i send the spirit and he's our teacher our comforter and our guide and with his help we can keep making progress with his help. Amen. And it's, it is it is a continuous thing. And you might say, well, wait a minute. How come there's all those scriptures, you know, about, you know, yes, there's tons of scriptures about our authority, that we are a royal priesthood, First Peter nine uh, two nine, that we are the elect of God, holy and beloved, uh, you know, put on tender mercies and, and all that. You know, th- yes, that is who we are. God we, God, we have been adopted by our Abba Father. But we, but as part of that existence, part of that walk, we're also commanded to self-examine, constantly be examining ourselves, constantly, you know, as it says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight, it says, examine yourselves. And then mm-hmm. verse 31 and 32 says, for if you would judge yourselves, you would not be judged. But because you're not judging yourself, you will be chastened by the Lord so that you won't be ultimately turned over to hell, is what it's saying. And um, Mm -hmm. so what if you don't respond to the chastening? And what if that chastening, what if you're so thick-headed that Mm -hmm. the only way the Lord can bring you home is to put you on a hospital bed with a ventilator and COVID-19? Yes, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. So what I do I is do. I tell if I'm struggling with something that I got to correct, and I know I got to correct it. And there's everybody. Everybody's got something. I just tell them. I say, Father, please don't chasten me strongly. If you need to correct my course, yes, correct my course, but help me. Just look at my heart. First Samuel sixteen seven b. You know, the Lord looks upon the heart. I say, Father, mm-hmm. please just look upon my heart. Psalm one thirty nine is all about how He knows our ways. He knows, uh, you know, our you know our thoughts before we even think them. And I, I say, Father, please look upon my heart and know know how determined I am to overcome this. Know how determined, know that I will make it. I will make it with your help. I need your help. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need your power. I need an anointing of self-control to come upon me. I will not give up. I will not give up. I have had those conversations in my bedroom with the Father out loud, looking up, telling him, I will not quit. That's awesome because God doesn't want a quitter. You know, I think we all admire people that persevere, that have the guts and the courage to keep on keeping on. I made a little brief video the other day, and I I entitled it, You Can't Quit, and it goes like this. We can't quit, and God's not going to fire us. So we have to keep on keeping on and take the steps that it takes while we're keeping on. Because we can't quit, and God's not going to fire us. And that's just the way it is. You know, I had another little train of thought here, speaking about uh, about love and all the good things of the Lord. Um, 
my eyes fell to First uh, John here, and and make, maybe drag, digress just a little bit. I'd like to get into uh, something here about love again. You know, if the people of God are from all classes and all political belief systems would have, who especially those, of course, I'm speaking now, those that profess to know Christ as their Savior, if they would have more of the love of Christ in their hearts, there would be a whole lot less of what we're seeing now in America, which, sad to say, are these increasingly horrible riots that are going on. And, you know, uh, that brings us back to the scripture in uh, Matthew 24 and Mark 13 and so on, where uh, Jesus warns us about brother against brother and, you know, family member against family member. And so I was thinking the other day, brother against brother, that doesn't just mean family members, a brother in a family against a brother in their family. This means a brother in Christ against another brother in Christ. Say they're of yeah. two different political persuasions or two it's different beliefs. It's an echo of John 16, too. It, it's, a, it's, a sister, it's a sister verse of John 16, too, where Jesus said, they will kick you out of the synagogues. They will even kill you and think that they have done God a service. But they do this because they ha- do not know the Father nor me. They're, that That admonishment at the end is, first off, it says they will kick you out of the synagogues. Well, those are mm-hmm. churches. That's okay? right. Who's in the churches that would kick you out? Other Christians. Right. And they do this. They, they will even kill you and think that they have done God a service. So when we look out there of all over the panorama of America, and also maybe some other countries, but primarily America because of the Second Amendment, which is going to send more people to hell than anything else in our law legal system. The mm-hmm. Second Amendment is going to send Christians to hell than any because you cannot shoot your way into heaven. I don't know what anybody true. says. So, so guess what? They're going to kill you and think they have done God a service. What do we see happening out there? People who believe they're Christians preparing to go to civil war. That's right. That's, That's what I'm getting at. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Supporting you. Right. And that's the big betrayal. I mean, when fellow Christian betrays fellow Christian and maybe even turns them into law enforcement. You know, this thing is going to grow. If it doesn't stop pretty soon, it's just going to, the riots and protests will continue to grow because that's just human nature. I mean, um, I don't know the motives for all these people out there on the streets right now. I don't mean to say I know their motives, but I all I can say is it's sure not good, is it? Oh, no, no, no. The situation is awful. I've had to... Um... It, I prayed for two years because um, it's a long story, and I can't name names, and there's a lot of names. Mm-hmm. But um, suffice it to say that I needed to be – I knew in my heart that there was – that to be like Jesus means total surrender. I know what the Scripture says. I knew in my heart that there's – you can't use guns, ever. You can't even use earthly weapons. Second Corinthians 10, 4 says uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not earthly, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So we know that we are to be exactly like Jesus, which means that even when we are beaten, when we are being mm-hmm. stoned like Stephen, 
when we are being hung from crosses. We do it peacefully. We do it lovingly. We need to be like the early church was in the Fox's Book of Martyrs. Not the, lat, not the later part of the book, because given enough time, Satan will corrupt. And people will say things like, well, Johnny, I should have a right to defend myself. And I'm like, oh, really? Well, why don't you tell that to Jesus? Why don't you tell that to Stephen? Why don't you tell that to Paul? Why don't you tell that to John? Why don't you tell that to any one of the apostles? Why don't you tell that to any, to any one of the scriptures in the book? Can you show me a single verse in the entire Bible that says you have the right to defend yourself? There isn't anything in the New Testament, not a one. As a matter of fact, Revelation 13.9, with the proper translation, one of the better ones is the NLT for the 13.9, basically says that if it's God's will for you to be taken away and killed, you're going to be taken away and killed. So get over it. That's what it says. What what does uh, it mean then when Jesus was uh, broached by the disciples and it was something about it? For those of – Jesus said this. If you don't have a sword – Sell your cloak and buy one. Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> My favorite subject. Well, we need I, to clear I, this thing up now. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. I have, I have, I have, an, I have multiple radio shows about this. Sell your cloak and buy a sword, one of the most misunderstood scriptures in the Bible. I'm actually reading an article that I have on tribulation now. just makes it easier. I said, people who do not understand the mandate to love all people as Jesus did will frequently point to, A, the Old Testament or the Old Covenant, which is a expired contract because we're under the New Covenant now. Um, it says, to justify their earthly slash fleshy desire to kill another person. B, Luke twenty-two thirty-six through 18, claiming that Jesus wanted his disciples to buy swords, and even claiming that this proves that they carried swords for self-defense, when in fact it proves the opposite. If they carried swords for self-defense, Jesus would not have asked them to go get the swords because they would have already had them. But the misunderstanding is far worse than that. Item number C. 1 Timothy 5.8 states where people who misunderstand this scripture suggest that failing to provide for their family requires them to kill people in self-defense, which is a complete misunderstanding of this passage where the admonishment is to provide for your family with the love of Jesus Christ and the understanding of his word to teach them in his ways. There are over 7,957 verses in the New Testament on how we attempted uh, um, uh, with over 7,900 and 57 verses in the New Testament, how we attempt to justify our fear-driven, fleshy desire to kill somebody with two verses out of 7,957 is unbelievable to me. And then I go on to explain why. Okay, and here's the mystery. This is, I, I was on my knees praying about this. I had, I'd already had a number of Paul and Barnabas moments with a number of Christians over the years, and I got tired of, so I said, Father, you're going to have to give me the final word. Mm-hmm. The final, it's got to be absolutely final. And mm-hmm. he did. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and finally he gave it to me. And I was like, I felt kind of dumb. I mean, I really wanted to put – I wanted Jesus to make me a dunce cap, and you know, I'm joking, but, you know, and stick me in the corner with my nose on the chalkboard. I felt like in a dum-dum. Luke 22, 36 through 38. This is the number one that every, what, everybody that wants to use weapons to kill people, they, they adore this verse. They twist it like the devil, and they turn it into something it is not. 
Verse 36 states that he said to them, Jesus, but now he who has a money bag, let him take it, and likewise a knapsack. For he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and go buy one. For I say to you that, now listen, listen Mm -hmm. to the words. Verse 37 in chapter 22 of Luke, it tells us why. Jesus Mm -hmm. says, For I say to you that that which is written must still be accomplished in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors. For the things concerning me have an end. So Jesus was talking about Isaiah 53, verse 12, where it states he was numbered with the transgressors. He only wanted to look. He wanted to fulfill the prophecy. It was no different than getting on the donkey and riding it in uh, to Jerusalem on, on Passover, essentially. All right, so, so, um, um, uh, you know, so listen, so listen, so it goes on. So and then I, and then I explain, and, and so the scripture says then in verse 38, after Jesus tells us why, which was so that he could be numbered with the transgressors. He's fulfilling prophecy. That's the only reason he went to the sword, to fulfill the prophecy. And in 38, in, in verse 38, he, it says, So they said, these are the apostles, Look, Lord, here are two swords. And Jesus looked at them and said, Oh, that's enough. Yes, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Yes, he sure did. Thirteen people... No one has any swords. Jesus says, I'm, I'm doing this to fulfill the prophecy in Isaiah 53, verse 12. He says it. Mm-hmm. They're right. running up with two swords that they got, and he says, oh, that's enough. That's, that's enough. Hmm. Thirteen people and two swords. What NASA monkey would think that that was a justification to kill people? I don't yeah, understand that. And, and it also says in Revelation that... Uh, uh, well, you can say it better than me. Uh, he who uses a weapon will die by the yes. weapon, and he who goes into captivity must go into captivity. Say that for you're, me properly, please. Okay, you're going to love this. <laughs> I can't believe that the Lord is putting onto your heart to, for us to be sharing like my all-time favorite like verses on these things. I just love this stuff. All right, hold oh, on a second. Okay. My computer is uh, firing up. I had a... Um, the devil tried to take the show out. The second the music started playing, my whole house went dark, and I'm uh, waiting now. Yeah, he tried to take the show out, and I, I kept on trying and got back up. Hold on just a second. Here we go. It's coming up. I'm bringing up my PC study Bible, which has like 30 different translations. Greek, Septuagint has everything in it. It's like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. But I bought it over time. The Lord gave it to me. But anyway, um, I'll share this with you. This is amazing. Sure. By the way, no, no translation is correct. All translations are dorked up. So anybody who's holding up a King James, this is the best translation, forget about it. The only way to do it is to take advantage of what God has given us and use multiple translations and pray about it, and he'll show you. He'll, the Lord will show you. But you have to be patient, and you, you know how it is. All right, so yeah. anyway, so if you use the um, King James, uh, let me just go ahead and look down here. Where is it? New. I, I'm going to. For some reason, they came up in the wrong order on my computer screen, but that's okay. Um, I'm patient. Right. I have nothing to do. <laughs> okay, that's good. Fine. Here they are. I got it. I got it now. It was. I got it. I found the problem. Okay, so first off, let's go to Revelation 13:9. Uh, 
just a second. I got to write it down. Revelation thirteen nine says, in the in the New King James, which by the way is very similar to the King James, it mm-hmm. says, if anyone hath an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity, and he who kills with a sword will be killed with a sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. Now, this is so. One of the ways that I teach people is I I say to them, okay, folks, think about it. Does that really make any sense to you? It doesn't make any sense to me. It says, if anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. I'm like, thank you, Captain Obvious. If I'm leading you into a creek which has water in it, you would think everyone would know I'm going to get wet. Right. So this is, this is a bad translation. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. I'm like, excuse me? Did somebody scrape the inside of my skull out? Did I lose my uh-huh. brain back fifth in Main Street here? So yeah, the Bible right. doesn't waste real estate. So this is a wasted scripture. It means nothing. And so does he who kills with the sword. He who kills with the sword will be killed with, must be killed with the sword. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. I'm like, what? Says who? It doesn't make any sense. And then it happened. The moment. And the Lord showed me. And I was like, hallelujah. Because I read. I'm a fervent reader of Christian leaders. I read books of people who, like Charles and Francis Hunter, How to Heal the Sick. Um, you know, I read books about Lester Summerall. I read books about Smith Wigglesworth. I read books about A.A. A. Allen. I read books about all the people that were the most anointed people over the last 200 years. For, you know, and, and then the Lord shows me stuff. Yeah. In the, in the NLT, the NLT... Now, granted, I'm not saying – none of these are perfect. None of them are perfect. As a matter of fact, my go-to book is the New King James, and I like to have the Amplified nearby. But um, okay. the NLT, listen to this. This, is, this nails it. This is a home run. Now, you heard what it said before. It said, mm-hmm. if anyone has – let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with a sword must be killed with a sword. Okay, I'm sorry, but that just is a really bad translation to me. All right, and I'm a professional writer, so I feel qualified to say that. All right, now I'm gonna—I'm um, not a writer of novels. I'm a, I, I write professionally in my profession. All right, constantly. Now listen to what it says in the NLT, verse nine: If anyone with ears, uh, anyone with ears to hear, should listen and understand. Verse ten: Anyone who is destined to go to prison will be taken to prison. Anyone who is destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. This and and then you know this means that God's holy people must endure the persecution patiently and remain faithful. Would you like to read that again for us, please? Yes. Anyone who is destined for prison will be taken to prison. And anyone who is destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. What God is simply saying is that hey, if 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 you are destined by me to, you know, first off, if you're on the earth during the Revelation 13, 9, so that's the first piece you have to get down. you got to mm-hmm. understand that this is in the midst of the beast government. So this is right. after the period of God. And this, the, so so the, um, the saints are already, well, the wise virgins 
are already in heaven at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Okay. Because this is in the midst of Revelation 13, and it's talking about the the period of God's wrath. Okay, this is after World War III. This is the remaining billion plus people that will still be on the earth. Okay. Right. These are right. I got people who are that's right. The mark of the beast, the whole thing, all that stuff is going to be in full force during this period of time. Okay, mm-hmm. and it says anyone who is destined to go to prison will be taken to prison, and anyone who's destined to die will, you know, by the sword will die by the sword. It could be any, you know, that's just a metaphor for any type of death. Okay, yeah. and and it's like yeah, the, the the point of it is for us to surrender. That if God if God wants you to be dipped in a vat of oil, sorry. You're going to get dipped in a vat of oil. Mm-hmm. You know, if God wants you mm-hmm. to be hung upside down on a cross, sorry. And you know what? You're going to thank Him. Mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you right now if you have been destined to die by the sword or be taken and put into a FEMA camp or a prison or whatever the case may be, the number one thing is that if you do not make, I pray in Jesus' name that nobody listening to this show, not one misses the rapture of the bride of Jesus Christ. However, if you happen to be one, do not give up. Do not get upset. Do not get upset with the Lord. Buck up, and guess what? Your rewards in heaven are going to be great because the refiner's fire that you're going to have to go through is many, many times worse than than the wise virgins had to go through. Yeah, you will yeah. end up, at the very least, you will end up to be a high priest in the throne of God. Okay, Keep that's your the eyes if, on the yeah. prize, people. Keep your eyes yep. on the prize. Amen and amen. Glory waits. Glory waits for all of you, no matter how harsh times we may have to go through or others out there may have to go through in the body of Christ as John is saying glory waits and it it will be worth it all and more than worth it all isn't that right John more than worth it all I always try to encourage my family in that no matter what we have to go through we just are going to do it for the sake of Jesus Christ and our salvation and our glorious eternity Absolutely. Amen. And you know what? When I when I say these things, I know I've actually had this happen where a listener who I knew for because they had emailed me or whatever um, took offense because they did. They didn't understand the concept of the wise virgins, the foolish virgins. They didn't understand the various players that are the actors, the various people that are involved in the end times. They didn't know who was who. Mm-hmm. And so they got they got confused. But when when you do understand that, when you understand that we're talking about being as obedient as is humanly possible and persevering. And you know what? I I don't have any guarantee that I'm going to be chosen. The Lord knows that I want to be chosen as part of the bride. Lord, mm-hmm. He knows it. I make it very obvious to him. I talk him to him. I tell him all the time. I I take communion every single morning, but that doesn't get me exempt from anything. That doesn't mean I'm getting some special mansion or I'm exempt from some behavior. No, I am subject to the same rules that everybody else is, 
and so is every other preacher, teacher, pastor, prophet. I know a lot of prophets out there right now that are missed. They are missed.